The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. On this Sunday, the fourth, or I'm sorry, on this Sunday, the third Sunday in Advent, I jumped ahead of myself. On this Sunday, we rejoice in the voice of God. That's what we are called to do. God has gathered us together here this day to hear his word. Now, this is uh, here in the United States. A month ago, I was over there in Germany uh, for the whole month of November at the Christmas markets. And I'll tell you, it was a striking. I, I don't really know much uh, German at all. But at the Christmas markets, it was uh, kind of refreshing to hear the voice of English singers as the Christmas carols were being uh, pumped through all of the speakers at the Christmas markets. I mean, it was kind of shocking and surprising. I'm in Germany, and we're, we're singing the songs that I know here, the same songs that you hear at the stores, the Christmas stores. You know, the Christmas stores that are preparing you to purchase items and to be busy with getting things ready. Kind of the secular songs, but in the church, we sing different songs. Because in our songs, we rejoice in the voice of God. But you would hear songs like, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, you know that tune. You know those words that the, the, the kids are jingle belling and everyone is telling, be of good cheer. Uh, that there's marshmallows roasting and parties to be hosting and it's the hap- happiest time of the year. And then all of a sudden something strange happens when you're listening to this and paying attention to the voice of the singer that there's going to be scary ghost stories. Wait a minute, what? You know, we're talking about Christmas, but now we're talking about scary ghost stories. It's the ghost of Christmas past. Thinking of things that have happened before, the traumas and the dramas, the remorse and the regret The sorrow and the sadness, the anxiety and the angst, uh, being in those really cold winter nights, uh, thinking about things that could have been and should have been in the past. You see, these external events, they impact internally how we are in a state of being. And so it's at this time where all of a sudden we understand that there is a There's a health of the heart at stake. But I don't mean a hallmark heart and the emotions and the feelings. I mean the heart that God gives us to know his word. Or there's that, what's the condition of the conscience? And I'm not talking about the little cricket with his little voice in your ear telling you what you ought to do. But instead, it's the voice of God that we are to rejoice in and be glad in. But the problem is there's a spiritual battle going on here because the devil doesn't want us to hear God's word. Satan wants to separate us away from the voice of God. But you see, Satan is really a spirit of sadness. The devil is a demon of depression. I mean, that's what he is. He tries to steal the joy of Jesus And he tries to strip you of the confidence in your conscience because of Christ. I mean, this is what the devil wants at this time of year. He wants us to think about other things and listen to other voices. The devil's the one who wants to keep you 
imprisoned, enslaved, with a broken heart, being depressed, oppressed, stressed, and even possessed. I mean, that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want you to listen to good news that comes from heaven above. The devil wants to keep you as far away from God as possible. I mean, he, if he was up to him, he would like for you to dwell in a perpetual winter where there is no Christmas or a Christmas where there is no Christ. You see, the devil wants to keep you in a place where you are naked and ashamed because of your sin that separates you from God. However, our God is a God who wants to gather us together to rejoice in him, to rejoice in what he does and what he says. Our God is the God who does not leave us naked and ashamed. He clothes us with the garments of praise. He gives us the robe of righteousness and, of course, that garment of salvation, which we've all received in the sacrament of holy baptism. Earlier in the early service, we rejoiced together as God's people, inviting a new member of our family, Ruth Athanasia, Anastasia, who is a child of the resurrection, Ruth Ann. We rejoice that she is now part of us, adopted child of God, that we are called by the Holy Spirit, gathered by the Holy Spirit, so that we would rejoice, that we would pray, that we would give thanks, and that we would abstain from evil. For this is God's will for us as we prepare in the season of Advent. You see, this is the gift that God gives us in baptism. He claims us and he names us. He gives us his name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit seals us. Christ clothes us. And we have found favor with the Father. And we've been given the gift of this apostolic creed. This is the baptismal creed of what we believe as fellow believers. Rejoicing in the good things that God has done for us in the past and is doing right now for us in the present. Because that's where God wants us. In the present with his promised presence of peace. You see, we have that gift in baptism that all goes way back to that baptism of Jesus. As he stands in the water and the voice of the Father declaring, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased and the Holy Spirit descending upon him in the form of a dove. That we know that in Christ we are pleasing to God. And as we have been baptized, so we worship. And as we worship, so we believe. So on this day, we have invited Ruth Ann to learn to believe with us, to learn to walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light. You see, it is the will of God that we would be gathered together, not scattered by Satan, but gathered to rejoice. That we would rejoice always. That we would pray continually. That we'd be thankful in all circumstances. And that we would abstain from every evil. Now, not only does the Lord give us that baptismal creed, he gives us the baptismal prayer. 
that we can pray our Father, knowing that this is His will. But yet we know the reality that in this life, sin still remains in us, but it shall not reign over us. Sin still clings to us, but the Holy Spirit is at work in us. And so we gather this day to rejoice, and we, of course, confess our sins. That that at times we have failed to rejoice. Uh, Instead, we find happiness in other things. At times, we have failed to pray. Instead, we petition for other things. At, At times, we have failed to be thankful. Instead, we think of other things. And at times, of course, we also indulge in evil. So that in this life, we realize and recognize because of our sinful nature, that by nature, we are unclean, we are unholy, that by nature, we are a people, a people who are joyless and speechless and, of course, thankless and even godless. I mean, that's the reality of what we've inherited from Adam and Eve. But the good news is God wants us to rejoice in his voice as he does something new so that in Christ we are a new creation and there is no condemnation. That we would rejoice in the gift of God's voice. That we would hear this like in the evangelist Isaiah, starting at chapter 40, where we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. God is a God of comfort. And he sends forth his word of comfort and the spirit of comfort. So he's the one who comforts us, telling us that the warfare has ended. Our iniquity has been pardoned and we have received double for all of our sin. And it's that voice crying out in the wilderness where the prophet John was sent to proclaim Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then Isaiah 42, we rejoice in the voice of the Father at the baptism of Jesus. When the voice from heaven says, this is my servant upon whom I have placed my Holy Spirit, the one in whom I am well pleased. And then we rejoice in Isaiah 61, where Jesus, after he's baptized, he takes the Isaiah scroll and he reads and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. He's appointed me. He has sent me to preach that we would hear the voice of Jesus. I mean, this is the whole message of Christmas, going back to Isaiah chapter 7, that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, a child to be born, one whose name would be God with us. And of course, in Isaiah chapter 9, this is the one, the child who is born for us, that we would be born again, a child who is given for us, that we would be forgiven before the Father. That we rejoice in the incarnation where it is the Son of God, the Word of God, who takes upon our humanity. He is clothed in our flesh. So that Jesus is the one who, that joy he had, the joy he had for us, setting aside all this suffering and being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Because you see, Jesus was put on that first Christmas tree to be naked and ashamed for you, and for me. That it's on that tree, Jesus is stripped of his clothing, but then he dies and is placed in the tomb and given the burial clothing. The burial clothing in which he's clothed with 
our sin. He's covered with our evil. But it's placed into the tomb and it stays in the tomb. That's our sin that was on him and it is no more. And in baptism, we have been buried with Christ. We have been given the robe of his righteousness, the garment of salvation. That now we can stand and we can rejoice in what Jesus has done for us. Listening to the voice of God. That we would hear what God has to say for us. Specifically Jesus when he preaches. When Jesus comes to proclaim who he is and what he does. That he was sent. Sent to do what? Well, to preach good news to the poor and afflicted. He came to preach to those who are brokenhearted by healing them up. He comes to proclaim liberty to the captives and those uh, who are in, in the bondage of darkness, the opening of this prison. That he comes to proclaim the day of Yahweh's favor, the year of Yahweh's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. That he comes to preach to us and proclaim and give us the message so that all those who mourn would be able to rejoice. He gives new clothing. He gives new life. I mean, he takes the old ashes that are upon our head because of our sin, and he gives to us a beautiful headdress. He takes our whole mourning and our body that is downtrodden, and he gives us the oil of gladness. That this is what Jesus comes to do, is he takes that faint spirit within us, and he gives us that garment of praise. So that on this day we can rejoice and we can praise him for what he's done. And we can say with one voice that I will praise the Lord. That my soul will exalt in my God. So on this fourth day we rejoice in Jesus. We set our eyes upon him as he continues to pour out the Holy Spirit upon us. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen.